Hello, everyone. Sam here to, again, just remind you uh, what it is you are about to hear. So if you remember last week, Eric and I did a really long conversation, and we decided to break it into two sections, uh, primarily so you wouldn't have to listen to two hours of us, but also because we wanted to release the second half uh, two weeks later. So here it is. Here is the second half. And I'm, I'm afraid to say we may have used up all of our intelligent conversation in the first hour, but uh, I'll let you be the judge of that. And we're back. If this was a Smell-O-Vision podcast, what would people be smelling right now, Eric? A nice orange. That's right. Off a tree. <laughs> not one of those bush oranges. <laughs> In the back of Sam's house. Yep. Uh, not to recreate a conversation we just had, but we took a little break here. I got some water. And you took a spoonful of honey. Because why? I don't know. <laughs> I just like honey. It's a big thing there. Don't people say honey's good for the throat? I guess so, yeah, maybe. Or like tea with honey in it, maybe? I don't know if it's just like straight honey. Spoonful of honey <laughs> makes the medicine. Yes. Yeah, and so you asked, you posed the question. The, okay, the first person who ever figured out there was honey in a beehive. Like, how did that process come around? Do you think this person was just the guy who checked inside things for delicious stuff and one day he finally got lucky? Or is this like on his first try, he like, you know what? I'm going to bust into this really buzzing, loud ball of pain and boom, delicious honey is here. What came first, man? I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. I, here's how I like to think of it. I like to think that there was like in each paleolithic tribe there was one designated guy whose only job it was is to find food in weird places so <laughs> he would like go around and like break open rocks cut into cactuses bust into a hornet's nest nothing there bust into a wasp's nest nothing there and i like to think he came across a beehive and he was like this looks kind of like a hornet's nest it looks kind of like a wasp's nest chances are i'm gonna get hurt and this is not gonna be good but i'm good at my job i'm gonna bust into this and hero legend status honey yeah and he was like he was that's like, how oh, i man, picture it, was, it it was worth it yep the payoff was wonderful exactly and then once you get that kind of payoff then you start busting into all sorts of weird stuff yeah. just hoping what's the weirdest thing what's the weirdest thing you can bust into i mean also kind of just tugging on a cow and drinking the milk that's kind of weird right yeah or yeah. a goat. Or like, we've decided that cow milk, and like goat milk, I guess, to a certain extent, too. But basically, every mammal makes milk, right? Yeah. Why don't we should just drink all types of Why don't of we milk? drink dog milk? Exactly. Cat milk. Exactly. I don't understand why we don't do I it. I don't either. It doesn't make any it would, sense. It would make a heck of a lot more sense for... I mean, we already keep dogs in our houses, right? That's my point. You know, if they, we could milk our dogs... They wouldn't produce the same amount of milk, I don't probably believe. Probably not, but if we had... The, basically bred them to also be milk-bearing dogs because yeah. they're a man's best friend and I think a man's feel, favorite beverage. It feels too close to home. It too, feel, feel too too much like family. Mm. And so it's like you milking, <laughs> you know, a, milking. Sibling. <laughs> a sibling. It's, <laughs> can't be a sibling. Uh, that's, I guess, yeah, that's pretty weird. Uh, I don't know. Anything else that's kind of weird that we eat that's kind of spiky and gross? Or Have you ever had the... Um, I think it's oh. called a durian fruit. No. Look it up real quick. Uh, 
durian. It's a, I think it's an Asian fruit. It's spiky. Okay, I've probably seen it. Uh, I thought of another thing that's kind of weird too. Coconuts, man. Coconuts are impossible to open, but there's deliciousness. But they in there. fall from the tree and bop your head and crack open. <laughs> okay. Yeah. How do you spell durian? Oh wait, uh, D U R I A N. I think so. I think it's called a durian. All right. I could ever. Is, is, oh is yeah, it? it looks a little spiky. All right. Those things. Look. Look up the description. Okay. Yeah. I'm looking and at I'll try it. to describe it a bit. So uh, it might be like one of these cilantro things, or it might just be. To always tear, to smell terrible. But I think it's like the cilantro thing where... Where some people think it smells good and some people think it smells terrible. Yeah, and I happen to think it smells god-awful. I remember my, one of my buddies got one from somewhere <laughs> back when I was in middle school. And I was over at his house. And he's just eating it. He's eating it up. He's just like, mm, so good. It's just so good. This it is so terrible. good. And I'm like, what is this <laughs> most... It's the most disgusting thing. I cannot believe that he's eating it. Some it's pe- so filthy. Some people regard the durian as having a pleasantly sweet fragrance. Others find the aroma overpowering and revolting. It was disgusting. <laughs> so that's it you. was absolutely <laughs> disgusting. What did it smell like? Like, like rotting something? Rotting or? onions or something oh. mixed with like like old bus seats. Like, <laughs> like that, that got that got really wet. Like, but they, yeah. like, like your school bus left when your school bus left the windows down when it rained heavily <laughs> and it's all leathery and soaked in. Mixed with like the humidity of like oh. this deep south. All right. No, now I want to know which camp I fall into now. I like cilantro. Do you like cilantro? I, like, I, lo- I love cilantro. Hmm, all right, so it's not connected to the cilantro gene. Yeah. Hmm. So yeah, it's not, that's not correlated. But that'd be hmm. interesting. Yeah. If hmm. we, uh, some of these stores around here might have um, durians. So all right. If I ever see one, I'll buy one. All right, good. <laughs> I'll buy one just for that, but yeah. There are some, some crazy... There are... Sometimes no, I realize... No, no, no. Also, also, first, the durian also has spikes on the outside. <laughs> yeah. Who discovered that? <laughs> and who discovered that? It's, with... it's the guy. It's the, the cutting open guy. But there's a, that person had to... He he had to have been the one that thought it tastes good yeah. for people to continue eating oh, it. Oh, that's true. That's just yeah. lucky right there then, I guess, yeah. for humans. What are the odds? <laughs> what are the odds, man? What is it? What's the word when things just uh, kind of happen? Um... Coincidence? But it's something like that. What is it called? Uh, oh, 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 oh. <laughs> I don't know. I'm, I'm too busy thinking about other foods right. that are weird. <laughs> um, um, oh, my God. It's going to drive me insane. You sound is so it, dumb. Is Kismet? Is, are they, what is that? No. I don't no. think so. And next topic, Sam talks about what he was going to talk about. Uh, why don't we eat other things like why why did we not develop a, a taste for insects there's a ton of them or well, and, and they little, have proteins and stuff yeah and these stupid little lizards that are running around everywhere i feel like it, probably just don't taste tasty probably, but, yeah like, but nothing tasted tasty until we started seasoning it yeah so we're cooking it and, like you know like gamey or, meat. Dom- or domesticated like we domesticated basically everything that we eat so why don't we have yeah. domesticated lizards that we eat i don't know or maybe domesticated giant maybe they look like they look like like demons you know yeah so, too hard to catch, maybe. Yeah. We're just not worth it because they're not big enough. Wait, lizards lose their tail when they get scared. Just scare a bunch of lizards. I saw. And they eat, eat the all tails. their tails. <laughs> <laughs> you, don't, you, have to be, you don't have to be a good hunter. You just go, boom. Yeah. And that's, like the, that's the perfect sort of farm animal. Farm animal. Like For beef, we have to literally kill cows. And you have to get new baby cows and grow them big. Uh, for lizards, you just get a bunch of really big lizards. And you scare their tails off. And they grow new tails. You scare their tail. Let's, let's make some hybrid... Let's go. We're, we are now, we're lizard farmers. <laughs> Is there meat in a lizard's tail, though? Probably. Probably a little bit, a little payoff. There's got to be some meat in there, right? Right. I guess. We, I mean, <laughs> around like, chef celebrity culture, 
and people eating weird foods. There's got to be a way to co- to cook up some lizard tails in a delicious way. I'm sure you can make a make a you make a make stew, stew make a stew out of it. Maybe put them on a kebab. You eat a stick full of lizard tails. Yeah, if it's a big lizard. Just kind of poke it through the top part. Make a yeah. uh, lick. Lizard lollipops. Yeah, there you go. Dude. The barbecue lizards. lizard tail. Barbecue lizard tail. No, we're ending the podcast. We're opening up a restaurant called Lizards. <laughs> That's it. By Sam and Eric. <laughs> we are not creative lizards. Na- name lizards. guys. Lizards. Uh, I'm, I'm lizards. thinking maybe we can come up with a better name, but I like the, I like the basic idea. Uh, the other day, though, I was running, and there was a, like, one of the largest lizards I've ever seen out here just on the sidewalk with no tail. And I thought it was dead. I nudged it with my toe. And it ran off into the road. Oh. It was really big, though. That's the type of lizard, though, we would need is, for our farm. Did you try to find that tail? No, the tail wasn't there. Mm, you should look for the tail. Um, should have. But so this is me not being an idiot. But <laughs> <laughs> um, another, I don't think they're lizards, but like alligators and stuff like that. We eat those. Yeah. Those are even tougher to get. Well, okay, we don't. They're shaped the same. But it's not like our. It's not like a main. It's not a staple that we eat. Go but. to the Gulf Coast. They eat. No, that's not, um, it's not a staple, but go yeah. to the bayou. Well, it's because they are too like, mean and aggressive. Yeah, but if you can breed gators, hybrid gators with lizards, let's clone, mix genes. Okay. Let's, let's go to the, de- uh, the genome. So you want let's gators go, Let's whose change tails fall alleles off. and phenotypes and genotypes and create some gators whose tails fall off. And then we we just go, tails. boo. <laughs> Here's the problem. Here's the issue. You're never, ever going to be able to scare a gator. <laughs> well, here's the other issue. Because gators don't give up. You know Beep. what? There's going to be a thunderstorm, and suddenly all you've got is a bunch of premature tails falling off all over oh, the place. Oh, we don't want that. Yeah, we don't want that. <laughs> so somehow you'd have to... You'd, <laughs> I'm just picturing like what the logistics of farming these animals... Like, if, if it's about to thunderstorm, you got to like herd them inside and turn on some white noise yeah, so they can't hear like, the thunder. You just start sitting, uh, playing Kenny G. <laughs> so they're nice like Elevator music. <laughs> You bring in like masseuses to come oil them down, or let's say yeah. they'd like to be dried up a bit, yeah, and just massaged roughly. <laughs> hey, like Barry, <laughs> and then there could be Barry White, hey, and, and then <laughs> and then there's probably like a special way to scare them. So there'll be like uh, migrant workers whose only job is they they scare lizards. And there's like special techniques that you have to use to scare the lizards appropriately. Yeah, and then your job is you're a lizard scarer. That's awesome. God, we have great ideas. You know what? We should run for Congress because we know how to make jobs. We need, yeah, exactly. We know how Lizard to farming. Do. Lizard farming. Uh, let's do some ant domestication so we get big, docile, huge ants that we can I mean, how, the Ants do grow larger yeah, than you would think. They get pretty big. Ants creep me out, though. Yeah, because they're so strong for their size or what? That and they can just take down things. And yeah. you know, you ever hear like the bullet ant? Oh, yeah. With the, the coming of age ceremony and stuff. Coming of age. In this this tribe, I want to say in the Amazon, but wherever bullet ants live, yeah. but there's this coming of age ceremony where they take bullet ants, which have, I think, supposed to be the most painful sting mm-hmm. of any animal. Yeah. They basically, they um, use smoke to kind of knock them out for a little bit, and then they plant them stinger side down in these gloves made of leaves, hmm. and then they wake them up, and they're <laughs> all stuck in these leaves, they yeah. squirm around very angry. And then the the boy to become a man has to put these gloves on full of ants that are stinging his hands yeah. for like six or seven minutes or huh. maybe it's even longer. Yeah. But it's so intense that for 24 hours afterward, you're hallucinating and it's just really, really messed up, yeah. intense stuff. And there's a couple of videos on YouTube of like white dudes basically trying this out and going through it and having like a documentary guy follow him around and not being okay 
So not gonna eat those. Okay. But can we? If you if you can domesticate a cow, you should be able to domesticate a big kind of stupid black ant. Or maybe I don't know. Red ants bite a lot, right? So it's like a normal normal hey, black ant that yeah. doesn't do anything. Just kind of hangs out, and you can fry them up. I know people eat bugs around the world. It's not like yeah, I'm having anything crazy, yeah. but why yeah. can't it be a staple of a? Why can't it be a staple? But what's what's? So why is is the ant lowering the totem pole if it's if we don't want to eat meat? Because oh, so cows are unsustainable. That's the word people throw mm-hmm. out. They you know, take a lot, lot of methane gas, but well, and they it, take a lot of take a lot of energy to like get them yeah. big enough. And but I'm sure if we were to domesticate anything else. Over let's say a hundred years, we're going to see the same uh, not the same problem, a, a as large of problem, but a different problem. You know what I'm saying? Maybe the ants. All right. Maybe the ants. Uh... Right. They eat. Well, they have to eat a lot of stuff too, and they get. But they produce too much dirt, <laughs> or whatever. What, are they, what do ants do? What do ants do? What <laughs> yeah. type of ant? I think. I think I'm thinking about worms. Worms. <laughs> <I'm thinking> about <laughs> too much. We have a dirt overload. Too. Well, we've got too too much dirt. You just got to create. Right, we we're doing all sorts of crazy stuff with genes nowadays. Like science is nuts. Yes. So we create an animal that gets a lot of its energy from greenhouse gases. We develop them to eat greenhouse gases, and then we eat them. So we're making our atmosphere. We cleaner. are what we eat. You know that, right? We'll eat, we're eating those toxic chemicals. No, okay. Well, that's how it works. <laughs> I mean, I'm I'm picturing us being able to handle. Or we cook feed out, our cows you cook poison. Out, you cook out the we bad eat stuff. that poison. It'll, okay. cook, it'll cook off. It'll cook off. Like I'll, I put hey, beer in a. In a in I taste it. See, it's carbon monoxide. It'll cook off. Just cook it off. You have certain temperatures, temperature settings yeah. for it. Yeah, exactly. Uh, speaking of creation, it made me think about it. I saw an idea that I've had for years, but I guess, uh, you know, this is probably not a new idea either, but uh, some wheel companies working on wheels that um, uh, create energy mm-hmm. as they spin, I guess, they yeah. then power electric cars or whatever. But I've been saying that for a while. Well, I know electrical cars or electric cars work by uh, whenever you hit the brakes, mm-hmm. that builds up, that charges the battery. Yeah. As well, yeah. But yeah, there's there's all sorts of stuff that we're doing on a day to day basis that we should be harnessing to collect yeah. the the energy from. Yeah, yeah. Hmm. Like uh, you know, wind things, wind catchers, and all that stuff. Yeah. I remember driving, you know, driving across you uh, the country or whatever. And, By wind catcher, do you mean windmill? No, actually, I meant something else. Like <laughs> okay. there's other weird things too. <laughs> okay, I imagine. But yeah, windmill types things. But um. Yeah, the, seeing all these uh, windmill farms and stuff is yeah, just crazy. crazy. Windmill then, farms are creepy. For, they are creepy, and really especially creepy. when you see like some that are damaged, like w- like w- a blade that's on the ground. Yeah, like in the distance, that <laughs> looks like a post-apocalyptic scene. <laughs> yeah, like it's like oh oh gosh, this like if stuff goes down, you have to make a, a journey through this. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> that's that's a part of your life. I I drove. I think I was visiting a friend in Indiana, um, coming kind of down from Chicago. But I was driving in the early morning, really foggy, and you drive through this windmill farm in the fog. It was super creepy. Oh, you could see the lights of all of them. And, yeah. oh, in that oh. just standing there, writing, yeah. writing, <laughs> taking notes. writing, taking notes for, for a script. Yeah. Windmills, man. That was, a bad, that was a bad joke. I apologize. Man, that was hilarious. <laughs> Swing and a miss. Swing and a miss. Because uh, I feel like windmills are one step away from gaining intelligence and breaking free from the ground and just walking around like, and dominating people. Yeah. That'd be, yeah, because all they have to the do is AI, bend man. over. Yeah. They just have to bend over and all of a sudden they're blading stuff. Because they don't look like they're going fast. Oh, yeah. But those blades are turning they're, fast. Well, and they're heavy. Right? 
don't think they're turning that fast. They're turning kind of fast. No, I don't think they're going that fast. Oh gosh, you gotta, you have to, yes, and me. (laughs) Oh, sorry. Yeah, they're so fast. Like so fast, like blades. And they'll just do this, and they'll cut you up. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Hmm. So the I guess realized. You know how? So. Technically, this is the second half of the same recording, but we're going to release this a week after, probably. Yeah. We just jumped right into the weird stuff for this week. Is yeah. what it's going to seem like to for everybody else. You can do an intro or something. I, don't know. <laughs> I will. I will do an intro, but. Yeah. <laughs> Welcome back, everybody. This is the file drawer with yep. Sam and Eric. Yep. Continuing, continuing. I can't talk. <laughs> well, see, we what's started, up, everybody? Oh. We talked a lot of philosophy, and now we're talking um, things we should be eating and domesticating. We're talking about the important things, man. Yeah, you important know, important things. Asking the tough questions. Tough questions. Uh, what's the toughest? Well, no, no. What's the question that's come by you recently, or uh, you know, I, I was about to ask you a question. I don't even know I'd be able to answer. Hmm. What's a hard question? What's a hard question that you've come across like recently or within the last? I mean, I, we kind of already talked about the dignity at work stuff, but just the question that I'm constantly wrestling with is just the whole idea of meaning at, like, how do you create meaning at work or find, or make work uh, an experience that is a growth experience rather than something that tears you down? Um, mm-hmm. So that's what I'm always obsessed about and thinking about. But I guess I can get more specific. I mean, I've been thinking a lot about... Um, holocratic organizations, the holacracy, lack of hierarchy, air quotes, um, and whether it's actually a feasible thing or if it's just kind of a management fad right now, or also like if, if to make it work, what skills and abilities do your employees need to have to be able to thrive in that type of organization? And I really want to either spend some time working for an organization that adopts this kind of structure or do some sort of qualitative research in that type of organization. I really want to see, I'm very interested from an academic standpoint, but I really want to see from a practical standpoint, what it's like to work in an org like that. And if it's really, and if it, and if, described, you know. yeah, exactly. Is so yeah, these, these companies are writing articles about how they're d- doing um, holacracy, but are they actually doing it or when they run into tough things, do they fall back onto non-holocratic methods of solving problems? And yeah. I don't know. I'm just, I'm just very interested in it. But that's my tough question. What What's the toughest question you've uh, come across recently? Well, I say, yeah, I think I'd have a hard time answering that. Let me let me think. Hmm. I'm trying to think if I have one that's not so academic either. Yeah, I don't know. Mine's very, yeah. 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 My tough question is always like how to do something with limited resources. Oh yeah, I mean using, those are tough questions. Using Excel and yeah, Qualtrics and whatever you know. <clears throat> um, yeah. Have you have you had any experiences recently? We had talked. I don't know if maybe this was in the unreleased episode or maybe it wasn't. But you had talked about the creative insights of doing very intense physical activity and how you had a really tough workout and came out with all these ideas. Have you had another one of those recently? Uh, no, but oddly enough, I'm gonna try. I'm gonna try to start monitoring it a bit more. And hopefully, I'm not just making meaning out of something that I think right. is happening. Right. But um, I had a workout that wasn't as wasn't as intense, but it was mm-hmm. kind of intense, and I felt like I was on the cusp of. Mm-hmm. And then I was like, well, maybe last time also like drank maybe a couple more coffees that day or something. <laughs> right. So I, a lot I don't of know. other variables. So maybe there. there's other variables and and what that is. So maybe yeah. there's like a perfect storm. Yeah. But the. Uh, so yeah, I don't know if we released this or not, but uh, so what I was talking about is basically working out, doing jujitsu. 
we rolled hard for like a long time, like several, I think like five to six minute mat, you know, kind of just rolling, sparring. And um, like after I left, I was just on this like immense high, sort of like this exercise high. And I just felt so creative. And I was coming up with certain ideas, like just in my head, thoughts mm-hmm. were sort of kind of racing through. And like sort of answers to things. I was like, oh, how can I do this? Or ideas for, okay, this would be better. This would be a nice solution to whatever. Right. And it was enough for me to actually want to talk about it. Right. You know right, what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. And so, that's why I thought it was interesting. Yeah. Um, and so I'm going to try to monitor if that happens more and like sort of at what level of intensity I go and sort of yeah. like what my day was and things yeah. like that. Uh, in, in, in the same vein of monitoring stuff, I'm actually actively doing a little personal experiment for myself here because basically for the past few weeks, I've been really trying to focus on getting enough sleep. Mm-hmm. I feel like that's been an area of my life where I've really cut corners in the past. So what I've been doing, because I have kind of the freedom to do this, um, most days I don't have anything where I have to be anywhere in the morning. So I've just been letting myself sleep until I naturally wake up to make sure I, I get enough. And usually I'm waking up around 8 o'clock or so. Yeah. And that's actually been working that's really awesome. well in terms of like my energy has felt pretty good. I've, for the most part, been fairly productive. Um, before I started doing this, I was feeling pretty worn down. Uh, so it's been going really well. But the conundrum is that I have a part of my identity is morning person. And I actually really like getting up early in the morning. And I feel like I am more productive when I get up at six in the morning or so and start starting the day before other people are really up and moving. But, and and so the obvious answer would be, well, just go to bed earlier. But it's just really not feasible for for me right now. I mean, Emily likes to be up later, so I can't just like go to bed two hours before her every single night and anything like that. So what I'm thinking of, so what I'm doing basically for two weeks, I'm going to continue doing this wake up whenever I want thing. And I'm using a, an app on my iPhone called reporter. And it's like an ESM app. It pops up with survey questions every couple hours and I fill it out. So I'm going to do that for two weeks and then I'm going to take a week off, kind of just do whatever I want. And then for two weeks, I'm going to do getting up at six, but then basically having a mandatory nap every day in the afternoon to, make, that, up, yeah. to make up that one or two hours. And I'm going to see if one or the other is better uh, in terms of just how I feel throughout the day, how productive I feel I'm being, my happiness levels. Because if if they end up being the same, I'll probably start doing the get up early, take a nap in the afternoon thing to the extent that I can, But which is kind of tough because I schedule all my meetings for the afternoon. So that will require a little bit of reconfiguring as well. Um, but if it's if one is clearly better than the other, I'll probably just keep doing whatever the one is. I'll do I'll do whatever one seems to be better data wise. But yeah. I don't know. Like that's the t- that's an example of the type of thing that I like. That is I think perfect for a little personal experiment to mm-hmm. figure out what is better. Yeah. But yeah, because I don't. Know, I really I miss getting up super early in the morning. Yeah. Some, some I like days. getting up early, man. Yeah, like, me too. Again, just having that fresh slate. Yep. Nothing is stuck is sticking on your brain. And again, sometimes when I wake up, I have ideas. Yep. I guess just after sleeping. I don't know if that yeah. means I'm getting good or bad sleep. I'm not sure. <laughs> yeah. Um, I, mean, that, I think for me, writing in the morning has always been really good. I mean, I've always avoided even working out in the morning because I hate feeling like I've wasted potentially my most productive time of day on non-productive work. Yeah. And I have even less of that when I have to when I get up later. So I don't know. That's a, a very uh, specific look into my life that nobody actually cares about. But I'll uh, no. I mean, I'm we'll sure see. other people might 
want to try to eat that strategy? Or? It's, a, it's a cool app. It's called Reporter. Yeah. Reporter.app. How many apps do you think are, if you were to look at this iTunes or i For ESM type stuff? Whatever. Yeah, yeah. Not very many at all. Actually. Oh, so there's not that many. There's, okay. No. There's some academic ones that are really aimed at researchers that aren't very good. There's Paco, which is originally an Android app, but there is an iOS version now, but it's not quite as good as the Android one. It's not as user-friendly either. Um, and then there's this app called Reporter, which have you ever heard of uh, Nicholas Felton? Mm-mm. He uh, is this designer. Is Felt- Felton or Feltrin? Um, but he basically does every year this. He collects a ton of data on himself throughout his life. Really gets like how many, like what he eats, gets a lot of different data. And he had this app developed for his, for that project. Because mm-hmm. every year he releases this really cool report of all of his data and really interesting graphs and things of like that nature. So he had this app developed for that project and then released it to everybody. So this is the first really kind of larger scale experiment I've done with this app, cool. but it's really easy to use. Um, and it lets you export all the data into a spreadsheet and then you can do whatever you want with it. You can create all your own questions, what type of data you want the answers to be. It'll automatically grab like geolocation. It'll grab the, um, the sound level of around you when you are filling out the, the survey it's a lot of kind of cool stuff like that i'm waiting i'm, I'm gonna I'm waiting on a movie that comes out with that app and like it's almost like a memento type thing <laughs> where it pops up where did you hide the body and like the person doesn't know they don't know so they're <laughs> trying to figure it out i don't know and then it just pops up and gives them clues i don't know yeah yeah well see the future the future of these types of apps or i think what a lot of people are shooting for which i don't know again i don't know if this is a a sense of progress or really kind of sad is your phone is able to collect. So it knows so much about you through your emails. It, and let's say we're at the level of, of technology where it can really understand what you're talking about in emails. It knows your calendar. It knows the people you talk to in their calendars. It knows what you've eaten in your energy levels. And basically it just tells you the best thing for you to do like one right after the other throughout yeah. your day and you just follow what your phone, what the, what the program says is optimal for you. That'd be interesting. Is that, is that cool or is that really just epic sad? That made me think of another type it's, of movie. It's the whole freedom thing again. Yeah. Um, <laughs> imagine a movie. Okay. We can do all that. Data is collected. Uh-huh. Collected. Every day, you're giving a score. Same type mm-hmm. of thing, but you get the opportunity, opportunity to maximize your scores based mm-hmm. on all these criteria that they mm-hmm. know best. Mm-hmm. And then we've created some supercomputer that's called the Datatron. And it's basically like God, where it decides who lives, who dies. Oh, God, if your score's not high enough? Yeah. Oh, that... Do we, are we, do we know the algorithm for how points are allocated? Because if we don't, that makes for an even cooler movie. No, you don't. Oh. So you, you would like to think I feel that it's like, aligned I feel with some like, sort of... I feel like that's, enough, that's a movie that already exists. Maybe. If it is, somebody yeah. should tell us we can watch it. But if, you would like to think that the algorithm is aligned with like ethics. Yeah. Like you're a good person. But maybe there's like little weird things in there yeah. where something you, know, you wouldn't expect gives you points. Community did an episode similar to this using, I think, social media or something. Okay. Whether or not people like you enough. Okay. And if enough people start liking you based on your technology, they score uh-huh. you higher. You basically become like a guy, like a king at the end of the movie, at the end of the, end of the show. Yeah. And you're voting people and you can lower other people's scores and stuff. But yeah, that type of thing would be crazy. That would be crazy. Crazy, crazy, mm. crazy. I think you've been watching too much Black Mirror. <laughs> <laughs> Seems kind of Black Mirror-esque. It is, man. It's, <laughs> I'm telling you, if you want to understand me, watch, watch Black, the Black Mirror. Mirror, man. Yeah. I'm like, oh, so, so in my wheelhouse. So my wheelhouse. I just wish I was that creative, um, of, of putting it together in a nice packaged way. 
Excuse me. Don't die. All right. I'll try not to. Yeah. Oh, man. This is a... Been quite a talkathon. My mouth is tired. <laughs> it is. I got to do improv later. My, my throat's kind of dry. We'll see how this goes. I'm gonna try to go. Home. I'm gonna try to eat real quick. Eat I'm, some honey, man. I've been eating some honey. Yeah, maybe. I, yeah, dude. On days where I haven't eaten and I have a ton of gummy bears, dude, I'll eat that and I feel supercharged. Like it's just that combination of I think mean, the caffeine and, and just pure bear, pure bear. <laughs> pure bear. Pure bear. Do you have any hey, gummy bears right now? I don't. Oh, but. Sad. I'm not gonna stop and get it. Actually, I might need. To, I need to get some food, man. I don't know. All have right. you eaten? Are you gonna eat? Uh, I have eaten. Oh god. Yeah. But watch me eat all of <laughs> your roommate's food. <laughs> yeah, Brandon's <laughs> making soup. It's just gone. He's gonna be angry. <laughs> He'll never come on the show then. Oh man. Yeah, he would. Cause just like in yell, yell at, at me. Yeah, that would be. Oh, that would make for some good listening. Yeah. No. <laughs> and then and then and then I put him in like a rear naked joke and just start squeezing the life out. Actually, no, he'll just pass out and wake up. But, <laughs> um, yeah, yeah. Um, so what's uh, what's on uh, what's on your radar? What's on your horizon? Anything exciting? Taking a little break. Taking a little break. Yeah, clear my mind for a bit. Yep. Uh, then coming back. Try to finish things up. <laughs> I don't even uh, talk about finishing yeah, things no, up. We're not, yeah, we're yeah. not. You'll, you'll get it done. That's the thing. Yeah. You'll get it done. I wanna, you know what? I want to start reading more. You know, I've never been... I just kind of glanced at your book again. I've never been one to read like for fun type stuff. Uh-huh. Like, oh, I'm not going to ever read Harry Potter. That, that, that doesn't excite me. I used yeah. to like reading weird books back yeah. in the day, but we'll see. Um, but I do like reading like sort of knowledge type books. and uh-huh. I want to be able to just sit down... And read something that I'm interested in, but not necessarily I have to read for something I'm doing. Uh-huh. And I want to be able to find that time again to do it. So yeah. in saying that, though, I have been able to, over the past several months, you know, create opportunities or, you know, make the time to do things I like. So although I'm extremely sort of busy in terms of going, I feel like I'm just running from one thing to the next. Mm-hmm. Now I've incorporated into those things, the jitsu right. or the improv, you know right, what I mean? Right, right. So at some point... Like you got it on the calendar, and now it's like a, yeah. a thing that you actually have to go to. So improv will slow down. So maybe instead of just filling that time up with work, maybe I'll insert another sort of pleasurable, yeah, pleasurable activity. Maybe so, we'll just podcast every night. I, oh, and, po- <laughs> yo, and also podcasting is on that list. Yeah, yeah. I mean, Same. doing this is really fun to me, mm-hmm. um, and I can't just find the time just to sit around and shoot the crap when I'm usually just like, oh, what do I, work do I have to do next? Or blah, blah, blah. Or I'm trying to organize life stuff. Yeah, yeah. Have, have you ever had those? I mean, maybe you're better off than me. Well, uh, or maybe not. Maybe you're good at work, but not the life organization. Where you're like, I just need a, I just need a, actually, because you know, you're not in early classes or anything. Yeah. But sometimes you need that day where things are open to handle oh, your life stuff. You know what I'm saying? I love a fresh day. On my, like, when I'm looking at my calendar, yeah. and I'm like, all right, somebody wants to meet with me. And I have the option of there's three meetings on Thursday or nothing on Friday. Yeah. It's going on Thursday. Yeah. And I'm doing everything I can to keep that day fresh for as long as possible. Mm. The more fresh days that I have, uh, the better I feel. What do you do to them? Do you do like things? I like mean, you- I de- yeah, ideally I do. I use that for 
like regular really human deep, things, deep thinking work stuff. Oh, do you? Okay, yeah, uh, yeah. So I, I use those mean. for like me doing human things, like right? Human things, are washing important. clothes, which I don't do, or uh, you know, see, or things I don't catch up on. Or I feel like a lot of the human things, I so I'm pretty good at cutting off work at a reasonable hour every mm, day, I'm so not. I'm able to fit things off in, yeah, in the evening uh, or on the weekend. I also really don't. I try to keep my weekends pretty clean yeah. as well, so I'm able to f- do stuff then. Yeah, I might start evolving uh, my sort of thing to that. It helps. It's weird yeah. though, like like I said, some of the stuff I, you know I work on, I would work on more if I was getting like a real pay, yeah, like a full. But full like I like job. the idea of figuring out. So I, yeah, you know, I, I kind of work at what you know the idea of working in these tech jobs, even though I don't do tech things, mm-hmm. but the idea of you know a, a group of people just coming together and really just grinding Sol- in a way, solving a problem, and, and, and figuring yeah. it out and. You need you bring to work the, at a startup. You bring the pizza, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> yeah. You're really trying to crank it out. You're trying to yeah. get it. I really I can enjoy that. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? See, but you you enjoy that, but probably wouldn't enjoy that if that was every day. Or yeah, not every day. something you did all the time, but the fact that it's yeah. kind of a non-regular occurrence probably makes it a little bit better. Yeah. Yeah, because I like that too. I, sometimes I like to give myself an absurd deadline and like pull an all-nighter or most yeah. of a nighter just for the hell of it. Yeah. And just get something done, you yeah. know? But it's when that becomes the the go to that that's not so good. Yeah, because you can't point. keep that up. But no, well, I actually so I'm always on the lookout for thinking about the struggles of independent work because that's what my thesis is about. Yeah. So anytime I notice myself or somebody else who is an independent worker talking about some sort of struggle they're having, I, I take note. And one that I realized that I had the other day, I was really unproductive during normal work hours, like nine to five ish and really kind of beating myself up for it. Just, I had no real excuses. I didn't really get much of anything done. And if I had been working a normal job, I would have gone home at five or five 30 and been like, ah, that was not a very productive day. I'm going to try, I'll be better tomorrow. I'll do better tomorrow. But because I have no office that I leave and go home from, and there are no tough like uh, barriers between work and regular life, I went to the coffee shop and basically flogged myself by going to the coffee shop from like seven to midnight and putting in five hours of really intense work, which was fine. And I felt better by the end of it. But it was just interesting to me that I couldn't let go of an unproductive day. I couldn't let it go. Like I yeah. had to go and do something else. Whereas if I had a normal job, that's, I wouldn't have done I wouldn't that. Have done that you know. It's just interesting. And I, I think sometimes doing that is okay, but I also can't do that every single time. I feel like I didn't have that great of a day because I just burn, burn myself out. Wow. It was just a, an interesting, I don't know, psychological aspect of the type of work that we do that I hadn't noticed before. But noticing. Noticing. That's the first step to everything, noticing. That's deep as hell and very correct. Noticing. How do you get good at noticing, though? I mean, it's the type of stuff we, you know, Poom talked about meditation. Yeah. I think that is a... That helps. Can be a strategy. Yeah. Sitting in quiet. Uh, yeah. I guess it's you know, not. Can, can, yeah, not. I think we've talked about how, or I've, at least I know I've talked about how, if I'm walking and listening to a podcast, I tend to not really have new ideas or anything. I'm just listening to other people talk. So maybe the the corollary there is not not always having some sort of entertainment or yeah. audio or something happening and being okay with like boredom. I've I've even thought about just being intentional, intentional. I'm kind of thinking about, I'm saying it this way for the first time, so it might not make sense, but mm-hmm. being intentional about your noticing. So mm-hmm. I I know, and I, I don't do this all the time, but I've, I've done it often. I know I tend to like, you know, kind of move fast, fast, fast. Right. Um, and because of that, I can be absent-minded and leave mm-hmm. things, whatever. So sometimes I'll in, sort of intentionally try yeah. to, and I actually think about it. 
right. This is exactly right. make me sound like an idiot, but no, I do the exact same no, thing. No, at I the love, no, at the level. Hopefully, it hopefully it is. I have like you know, I'm opening up the cupboard and I'll yeah. notice that, and yeah. I'm, I'm pulling out a glass. I'll close it, you know. Yeah, and like it's almost like I'm really. It's like a moving at meditation. Each step of it, you know what I mean. Yeah. And I think that's really good because then you become aware of like, oh, I do this weird thing here, <laughs> or you know what I'm saying, yeah. or. Um, no, I think that's yeah. that's great. That's that, that that's a, a type of mindfulness. Um, you know, that's just not sitting on a cushion and trying to be mindful, but yeah. being mindful on how you move yeah. and act throughout the day. Yeah, it's it's me like, to trying to be present, just in my, in myself. Yeah, you know, yeah. You know, man. Oh, so. I definitely get that. Um, I, I've I've been trying to do. I've been trying to just go for even just a short walk with no distraction and just noticing things. Yeah. And that's how like I saw that lizard that one day yeah. or like just noticing like, I don't know, because the neighborhood that I live in and stuff, it sounds kind of like weird, but you, it's amazing how much you can notice when you're actually trying to yeah. notice things. Right. Yeah. And how much, how, how good our brains are at not noticing things. If it's not what we're actually trying to do, yeah. we, we obviously screen out a ton of information and which is a good thing in normal everyday life, because if we literally were paying attention to every single thing in our field of vision or audio, like we would be overwhelmed and just completely like a gibbering mess. But it's, I think it's, it, yeah, just like meditation. It's a good thing to practice occasionally. Yeah. I, I do this other weird thing that all the time. Sometimes I kind of pride myself by being able to sort of see people coming, you know, so, okay. so, like, so if someone's coming, you know, they're kind of in my peripheral, uh-huh. you know, I pride myself as like stopping like immediately and they walk back or you know, this weird, like weird <laughs> like stuff. A, you think you're a ninja. Yeah. Like you some, think you're a ninja. I'm just like, <laughs> <laughs> it's a weird thing, man. Yeah. Uh, that's great. Noticing. Is there a book called noticing? There has to be. Oh, I'm sure there's something like yeah. that. I try to talk about jujitsu if I think it applies. So this may not apply, but I'm going to try to, um, the idea of noticing and the, the idea of awareness. Mm-hmm. We talk, we talk about self-awareness all the time and, mm-hmm. I've, I've been reading a lot of stuff about self-awareness, but um, in jiu-jitsu, I uh, was going, um, kind of sparring with a you know black belt dude. He's really good, whatever. And um, so we're rolling around, whatever, and he'll kind of get me, and I think he's about to go for something. And, I, you know, it's, mm-hmm. and I'll just kind of use my, I'll kind of muscle my way out. Mm-hmm. So we did that for a while, and he was like, he was like, you know, try not to um, feel like you just need to muscle your way, way through everything. Mm-hmm. He goes, you see what I'm doing? Sometimes you don't have to do that. He said it during the thing, so I asked mm-hmm. him afterwards, and he kind of broke it down. He goes, you see what I'm about to do? If I grab your arm this way, you know, mm-hmm. obviously the audience can't right. hear this. Um, you don't have to muscle and just shank it back. That's kind of what you're doing. You're like, yeah. oh, i got to get my arm out of there. Yeah. You see what I'm trying to do. You know what direction I'm trying to go. All you got to do is just move your elbow this way and just slide it out. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So he almost brought that into my awareness because I had no idea what he was referring to when we were right. sparring. And so he broke it down for me. Now I can notice. And I'm like, oh, no. Um, now I try to do that. As I roll with people, I just try to slow down and almost again think about okay, where where, where are they going with with me? Right. What small movements do I have to do just to be out of it, right. out of harm's way? And I bet you, I know nothing about jujitsu, but I bet you you get to a point where all right, so you know he's grabbing your arm in this way, which m- opens him up for this other thing that you could then do, or like you those can, black belts, yeah, right, exactly, oh, yeah, like they, yeah. yeah, right, yeah. but like in theory, like you just know like because he's doing this, yeah. I know that there's this other thing now oh, yeah. that I wasn't thinking about doing, but now I will do because yeah. 
he's in whatever position. Yeah. And that's not even, that's not even a thing that you consciously think that's talk about deliberate practice. That's just like the having general awareness yeah. of what everything means and, Jeez, and how man, to do it. It's crazy. Yeah. Yeah. Um, similar, uh, this may or may not be a similar book and I haven't read it so I'm not going to try to talk about it but mm-hmm. I've heard other uh, podcasts talk about it. The War of Art. Oh yeah. That? Oh yeah. Have you read it? Yep. Good? Yep. Okay. Stephen Pressfield. Do you Pressfield. have it? Right? Do you, uh, yes, I think, I think Stephen Pressfield. Uh, I have, have it on it? my Kindle. Yeah. Okay, so. I've read it I've read it a couple times. Okay. I think that's one that's one I want I've been meaning to check out for a long time. Yeah, all about resistance and and how you engage with resistance. I think that's the resistance book. Basically that you you oh, I'm using my computer. I shouldn't be doing that. Is it still recording? Uh, yeah, we're good. Right. <laughs> uh, he just talks a lot about how we any creative person feels this resistance sometimes when they go to do their work mm-hmm. and how you engage with that resistance and overcome it so I, I, really differentiates you between a professional or an amateur. So how do you overcome it? His main thing is showing up and doing the work every day and not waiting for feeling inspired or anything. So he's a huge proponent of like deliberate practice and just doing it. Mm-hmm. Um, actually, it's funny. Uh, maybe I can find it. I have a bunch of notes that I actually saw earlier today from one of his books. It might have even been that book um, where I had listed out everything that was related to this. Let me see if I can find it real quick. But War of Art is really good. It's one of those, it is one of those books for me that I read. I try to read basically every two years or so. Just to refresh. Yeah. Yeah, it's really, really good. Uh, I don't think I have it here, though. I, uh, it's funny. I, when I was running TEDx a couple years ago, I invited him to come out and speak. Uh-huh. Um, but he declined. It made me sad. Nicely, nicely. Declined. No, nicely. Yeah. Here's another book called turning pro. Mm. That's the one that I have the notes for. Um, so here are, I'm going to, he has like, this is, this list is huge, but I'll just read a few of them. Mm-hmm. He has the qualities of the professional The professional shows up every day. The professional stays on the job all day. The professional is committed over the long haul. Uh, the professional is patient. The professional seeks order. The professional acts in the face of fear. Uh, the professional is prepared. He has a whole list of these um, as basically showing the difference between someone who is just an amateur in their art and somebody who has basically made the turned the corner to being a professional in whatever they, whatever they do. Okay. Especially in a creative field. Yeah. Creative yeah. being de- defined very broadly. I'll definitely check that out then. Yeah. Ah, uh, so you feeling nice and limber and ready for your improv? No, uh, as we're, I'm standing up today, my back is stiffening up right now. <laughs> oh, no. So I'm like trying to move around a bit. <laughs> well, we can wrap pretty soon here. We're at about two hours, one fifty-eight. Okay. I don't want. I don't want. I don't want you to be able to, you know, point to me and say, you know what, why I was bad today in improv? This guy, Sam's fault. I won't do that. <laughs> Thank you. Actually, I'm, I might. That's fine. I'll, I'll take one for the team. I might do that. Take one for the team. Um, yeah. Anything else? I think that's it. <laughs> nice. I think that's it for me, too. This was good. This was good. This, this was good. This, so, again, well, we should have said this on the front end. <laughs> well, I'll record a little intro. Or okay. Or you can record a little. Oh, I've got the stuff here. I'll record a little intro. Okay. And basically explain. Oh, yeah. Can you edit? Yeah. I'll, okay. I'll edit. So, we, we recorded... This is all one was all one session, but we're gonna break it into two and release it as two episodes. And yeah. I'll explain that. All right, because Eric's gonna be not here because he hates me. <laughs> all right, this all right. has been the, the file, file drawer. drawer. 
episodes 18 and 19. Actually, this one is just 19 right now. The other one was 18. Yes. Awkward endings. Yes. Peace. <laughs> Bye. Do 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 do. Phenomena. <laughs> Blast from the past.